Hi, I'm Lindsay Boomershine, brand manager of High Five Gear. H5G has thousands of designs to choose from and no hidden artwork fees. How awesome is that? Have your jersey tell your story. Order online at www.high5gear.com today. Add H5G into your wardrobe and show off your individuality. Use code ABOVE180 at checkout for $20 off any H5G style. Order today and enjoy high5gear.com. Bowling this month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Hi, this is Norm Duke. You're listening to Above180.com with Tim Berg. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me in the Above180.com podcast is Ronnie Sparks, Jr. Ronnie is a member of the Delora Brothers One team from Clinton Township, Michigan. The team set a new team all-events record at the USBC Open Championships taking place in Las Vegas last week with a score of 10,585. Ronnie, it's Tim Berg here. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, thank you for having me, Tim. I appreciate you uh, finding the time for us to link up and talk some more. Yeah, so let's do that. So you guys, your team recently set the new all-events record, 10,585. Let's talk about it. You've had a little bit. You've had the weekend now to, um, to to maybe think about it and put it into words, but what does it mean to, to get back to Michigan with the scores that you guys uh, shoot up and put out there at South Point? And um, and what would winning this uh, this eagle mean f- for you with this group of uh, guys? Man, it's uh, the feeling. Even though it seems like uh, the few days, uh, the halftime, the process, it, it's it's still not enough. You know, um, still just constantly, no matter what I'm doing throughout the day, I just find myself stopping and thinking about it. It's like, man, wow, you know what I mean? Like, we really did something incredible you know um and uh and on bonus of that we put up a high score because uh it was so many incredible moments going on before any leads had come apart come about um that the score ended up really being the uh cherry on top and you know the icing on the cake however you want to say it um it means a lot because um, the group that I go with is, is really, um, it's like bowling family. They're just, they're like family. A lot of the guys that I bowl on a team with, um, we grew up bowling junior tournaments together. Um, and Jay Lang, he's just a, probably about 10 or so years older than us. And we got to enjoy watching him grow, you know, watching as we were growing up, he was one of the really prime elite, um, adult bowlers that, we were trying to follow in the footsteps of even when we were younger, you know? Um, so it's, uh, to be able to do something like this with 
this group of guys, um, it's, I can't really put it into words as far as, because I just feel like any words would really just water down how much, um, this position and, um, this, um, opportunity and that, that moment, how much it meant to us. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a surreal moment. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just really, it, it, it almost sits in more that we have a leading score right now than it is a record. Like, I don't even think the record part has even sat in yet, you know, to just, you know, understand if we did something, um, to that magnitude. Um, but yeah, like the, uh, you'll, you'll probably hear me say throughout the conversation today of family, 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 just because that's really what it was. And that's the uh, atmosphere that we had and bond that we have while bowling. So, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, it, it really, it really means it, it, I, I can't really, like I said, I can't really put into words how much it means to even just been able to be a part of such a moment. So shortly before you guys were out there, Anthony Pepe's team set set the record, broke the record, shot 10-4-44, and then you guys come five days later. Did I mean when with them putting their number out there? You get what was your thought? You know, and then you start out in team, very second place in team, thirty four sixty eight. Is there talk already at that point that hey guys, here's here's what we need, or is it still? Just keep one one ball at a you know one ball at a time down the lane, and then you you don't even really think of it until you get to that final game of singles. Um, it was uh, it was with it was immediate kind uh, you know everything happens for a reason, and it was uh, it was immediate after team event that we kind of stayed really focused on the team all events. Um, we always want to like team all events, uh, especially like from Jay, just having his, um, experience as a team. He, you know, he, he does really well with kind of setting a, setting a tone or giving a goal. Um, and, uh, us working say just as a reminder, you know, he is, it's not like he's just doing it too much. It's just, you know, just, it's nice to just have that veteran chime in, you know, um, and it just seems to always fit at the perfect time. And uh, right after the our 10th frame for a team event and having a chance to take the lead for team, and we didn't, it was almost like one of those, hey, that was an awesome thing to be a part of. You know, that was super cool. Wish we could have did it. Like, let's not hold our heads down. You know, cause some, you know, a lot of people, mindset's all or nothing. So first or nothing, you know. And, uh, it was such a good moment for him to stop us. Like, I mean, soon as we got done, he rounded us up and he just, just said, Hey, the bigger picture, you know, we got a good start for the bigger picture. And that immediately just kind of, for me, put me in a perspective of, uh, you're right. We had a great start for the long haul and, um, we got some momentum, we got some confidence and we're, I'm going to also do my part to help and make sure the team knows that I believe in us and that, uh, 
I believe in them and I, that I know they believe in me and us as a team. So right after we got done, we just pretty much got the, you know, just good job, good bowling. Um, yeah, wish would have blah, 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 but we really were focused on the uh, team all events the next day, like just coming in to, you know, give it, it, it's not necessarily obviously chasing a number because I always look at when I've never been really, a numbers guy just because I just feel like it sets limits to your mind. It, it, it automatically puts you in all I need is this type uh, perspective where I just, uh, I just like kind of just bowling with a blank sheet of paper. And so the next day we just, like I said, just came out with a, just a big goal of just play the lanes, have some fun and just keep the good shot making going and uh, let's see what happens. And if you are heading to Las Vegas for the Open Championships, please check out h5gbrands.com for your dye-supplemented jersey needs, thousands of designs, no hidden artwork fees, and if you use promo code ABOVE180, you will get $20 off your order. That's promo code ABOVE180 for $20 off your order. Once again, no hidden artwork fees, thousands of designs to choose from again promo code above 180 that will get you twenty dollars off your order no hidden artwork fees again check everything out h5gbrands.com also another fine sponsor of the podcast bowlingthismonth.com bowling's best and most comprehensive technical resource all at your fingertips that's your ball reviews on your left hand side you can look there for all the latest and greatest equipment that you might want to take out to nationals with you. Also, got some great articles, instructional articles. You can check out other great resources. They can help you do everything you need. They got coaches' questions, perspectives on their book reports. They do all sorts of great things, all sorts of features. Again, everything at your fingertips. Check that all out, bowlingthismonth.com. Ronnie Sparks joining me in the podcast here. Ronnie, I had a chance to catch up with Matt McNeil, whose team is currently leading in the regular division. And I asked Matt if he thought his score would hold up. He was kind of unsure on the fence, said there's a lot of good teams still need to, are heading out to Vegas. I would, I'd ask you the same question, how you think your score is going to hold up. And then also let's stick with team here. What do you think are some of the changes this year in the pattern that maybe are making it a little more playable than it has been in uh, some of the years past? Um, I, uh, I believe that uh, if, if sitting back and kind of looking on it, and I don't know if it was a buddy just kind of just saying it to make, to make me feel better or not, but he told me if I doubled um, and took the lead, he didn't believe at the end of the year, it would be enough. Um, now, saying that, like I said, you, I mean, that's just an opinion, right? And uh, you never know. Uh, I, it's one of those things where I, I, I think the, a, a good score is reachable. I mean, because you have so many, you still have so many great teams. You know, this is really kind of the beginning. So you still have so many great teams to get out there um, and to bowl. Um, I think a couple things that, may help the lanes seem a little playable this year uh, is that it's same building, same building kind of equals. Uh, it has a lot to do with it because you're dealing with the same lane surface. Um, and 
you can look at a lot of, especially like P- I, I use PVA events because, you know, you always want to use your best sample, you know, when you're trying to describe something and you check out whenever they ball, say the world series or an event that is holding multiple tournaments in one. And you usually see a lot of the same success out of, a, uh, if it's one or two, three, you know, a handful of people and, you know, they're bowling on different patterns, you know, and, um, I think the lane, the floor usually has a, a big, uh, influence in how they're going to, how they start off, how they're going to, when they break down, what are some of the same issues going to be? Cause when you're dealing with the floor, some of the, like those, some of the issues that's on the floor never changes throughout the event. So if you're dealing with early hook, or if you're dealing with lazy back ends, or if you're dealing with a little bump off the gutter, um, from the installment, all that stuff kind of takes over the pattern after so long. Um, and when you get to a higher level, these, the guys, they read that and they understand that and they make moves to that really fast. Um, so I think the same building back to back years helps, uh, have an idea because I don't really feel like USBCs that for their patterns, I don't feel like that they are big, massive changes throughout the year. Um, every year that I say practice or my team's practicing to get ready for it, we're bowling on a previous year's team pattern or a previous singles. And we never get a chance to get together, but, uh, anytime someone's doing their own individual practice, it's usually we practicing on something last year or the, you know, the year before and it plays, you know, similar for what it can, but you kind of play an account like, all right, this part of the lane's different, blah, blah, blah. And then you kind of make some small adjustments to there. So, um, I feel like that is a lot of the reason, um, because if you already kind of know what the lane, what the floor is doing, you already kind of have an idea what you're going to see with breakdown and you already kind of know some traps to avoid. So with that, it doesn't seem like a lot of information as far as the pattern goes, but you have a lot of uh, dead ends that you can avoid going down that road. And when you see a couple things that's similar to what you say, what, you know, what your pre-assumption made you believe. Um, and when you see that kind of happen, then you're naturally, your swing is, a lot freer and your mind is a lot less second guessing, which makes your swing even more free. Um, so I think that has, I think that really has a lot to do with it. Now, I think that the shot is a little more playable or so that I really, I, I don't know just because uh, last year I felt like they were pretty playable. I just felt like we left a bunch of pins out there. Um, a few guys like myself, especially wasn't the sharpest, and so I, I, I didn't go out there with the best feel. I was just kind of going out there working with what I had. Um, so I just think, I think the lane floor is a big deal. And um, I just feel like with that being said, guys have a better chance of knowing how to break them down because they understand which way the floor is going to go. And when, when that happens, and if you have a better, if you're 10% more correct than you were before, you're going to have an easier lane. And uh, for your team event, you guys run 25 and 6, and then your um, doubles and singles, 41 and 42. Are those, I'm guessing those are pairs, because you have experience, like you said, aside from the Open Championship of bowling in the 
in uh, South Point in the stadium there. Are those pairs that you have you keep a notebook so you, you kind of know what the pairs are going to do? I mean, I know they provide the topography reports for everyone, which can be a help, but it's uh, for you, are you relying, and, and even your team, are you guys relying on team from having bowled on other events at the venue that you can keep those? I mean, because the characteristics are the characteristics of the lane, no matter what oil pattern they put on them. Right, exactly. Um, nope. We see. We we. I don't. I don't have like say a. Um, I don't have them listed down from pair to pair, or knowing kind of which pairs are good pairs or not. Um, I. I I was able to use um, for singles and doubles. Um, my uh, buddy Simonson when he was actually there checking out the squad for the singles and doubles and him and I glanced at a uh, a pair um for 41 and 2 because I had got such a weird read on my 42 and I didn't it was just a perfect time for him to bring it up just because it was just one of those deals where you could think it was maybe you um and when we kind of confirmed that it was Elaine it really helped with my uh decisions after that just be, by seeing how di- different lane 41 was from 42 um so i think that i think that the topography grabs um for people that haven't bowled as much there or say have a, a memory on what the lanes are doing i think that is very very helpful um just because i mean that that place is fairly new um, lanes are fairly new, you know, um, and so compared to, say, a normal bowling center. So those graphs and things are very helpful and um, pretty accurate to really help if you feel like you came in with a game plan and something's working out a little differently from what you expected. I think if you keep your eyes on those, it would really help all right, let's move on to equipment. That's one of the, the big things I always get from people. What equipment were people throwing? So feel free, I guess, to go into as much detail or as little detail, understanding that people who are listening to this will um, will will be going out there after you. So um, let me know what, what you used, and then if there's anyone else on your team and, and any surface things that you guys did. And, and being the stadium, I guess, not not saying you guys may have used this, but it seems like, once again, urethane is always in play out there or something that if you, um, if you uh, are a urethane fan, you should be able to use it this year. Our, our team isn't really the – we have a – urethane isn't, uh, say, a first option. On our group, I I don't use urethane at all, um, and a couple guys use it just because they heard they're supposed to. Um, so for the most part, we really try to keep the urethane game plan out of out of the factor, just because it's you can have like say a beautiful ball reaction, but if it's something that you physically aren't comfortable with, or something you physically don't, or it's something you don't you can't picture then what good is it, right? Because now you, you, you can't even execute to take advantage of, say, the bar reaction that you um, are supposed to have. So urethane isn't something that uh, we decided to go with, uh, except for a couple guys used it at the Bowler's Journal, um, which Bowler's Journal floor hooks a little sooner. So it kind of makes sense why urethane is matching up well there. 
So that's why I really only bowled the Bullish Journal once was just to get some information on some of the equipment that I had that was, say, newer um, and may have not have seen any cover patterns yet. Hey, and Ronnie, sorry to interrupt. Can I ask you, was it rel- no was it was it relatively uh, similar downstairs? I know they always they put out the same pattern, but obviously completely different uh, different venue again. Yeah, um, it 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 has the similarities uh, to where the the down the downstairs every like it just has more friction, and I just believe it's because of it's a more of an open center, so I just it just creates more friction earlier friction. So I just think that's gave gives the urethane a little more truer role um and so i think that's what keeps urethane say as a safe bet for the bolus journal um just a little more friction that's there just like i said allows that urethane to stay in a true early role and really helps with carry and helps with um a little freedom of kind of giving the ball away from the pocket um so that's why i think that's what I see as the difference in the two, uh, in the say arena and the regular bowling center. Um, that's why I only bowl the journal once is just because I just knew that like the, my division and the scores that with me not having urethane, I was going to have to work a little harder, which I did because a couple of guys have bowled the journal with like Perry, um, my buddy Jay and, um, couple other guys they had 750 or higher just using urethane and it just it i mean they had them really simple where i had 670 i want to say and i was just three different balls and just <laughs> just every every other hit that say didn't strike at the beginning was kind of like a split every other ball i used was a split or something so i just i just saw a couple more um lane changes than the urethane um saw so i just decided that it wasn't and i got enough of the information that i needed for the tournament because i knew i wasn't going to get the perfect shot because they are different floors but i did have enough info to say okay this ball will fit here this ball does um seem to roll the way i'm expecting um this could possibly be a ball change you know just kind of just road mapping what i was thinking for my equipment because when you only got three games or so for each set and you only can come out there once you really want it. It's kind of a sprint and you want to be sure you don't really have room for second guessing. So it's one of those plans that you want to kind of have something to commit to you do it. And if it works out, it works out. If not, not, but if you just, you, it's so easy. And if you're not careful, those three games could just slip up into seeming like a practice session of you just going through the motions, trying different things, never really having anything, but you're trying to stay patient and keep your composure because it's USBC nationals. And next thing you know, you're throwing the 10th frame of the last game. So um, the, the key was with me using that and getting as much as, like I said, as information as I could to go into doubles and, singles um and yes and using the mixture of what the bolus journal did compared to what the floor did at team event to constantly modify say the game plan um for the next day because 
in between team and doubles and singles, obviously you can do it. If you had to, you can alter surface or any changes like that. So it would be like, all right, I figure out a game plan after bowler's journal, modify it, bowl team event, modify it, and then doubles and singles. And then I guess I, I didn't um... – we 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 went off a train there a train of thought and talk bowler's journal but let's no i i i started the i started us down that road so let's i'll bring us back to the equipment that you used for the and your team used and, and again as much detail as you'd like for the nine games upstairs okay yeah no for so for team event we all team event we did the kind of the same thing as every year it's just understanding that there's not a bounce to the outside and that eventually we were going to have to be throwing it towards that out of bounds and so the you want that broken down and also you don't want to start in the middle just because we don't we don't want to start there's um one because we have straighter a few guys that just like playing straight so there's no point to start them in a zone that they're not comfortable with um, or not to say they're best at uh, or for first pick, I should say. So uh, we decided to break them down to the right. Um, we used a decent amount of surface um, and we, we, we felt like we could break them down. And the cool thing was, it was just seems like once the lane stretched a little bit, some of the straighter guys, um, felt really comfortable um, and really saw the bump to the right. And I, like I said, I don't know if it was just because of the floor and we knew that the lane surface was there, but we just, once it was time to start moving inside, we started trusting that we didn't have to say, keep it tight, that we had the trust of swinging the ball out a little bit and that it would recover. We had a couple guys pretty much try it. Once that happened, that gave us all the kind of green light to, if we weren't going to jump in too much, at least to, we could get a lot of the surface out of our hands um, to allow ourselves to just have the, be able to see the hole that the lane had created for us. Um, I started off with uh, a Nova um, just because it was just an early rolling ball that I knew I wasn't going to be using for the whole day that I could just get some surface on it, really help break down the lane and it not be too aggressive to where it pushed me too far left and um, not be able to take advantage of the part of the lane that we created. And I went to, after that, I went to my old faithful IQ tour. Um, I think I use the IQ tour every year, pretty much at nationals. Uh, I, I drill a brand new one every year, right before nationals just so I could trust that ball just because, like I said, every year national seems to be close to the same um, shape-wise. And so if you look at a bunch of bags or from all over the country, you see a bunch of knockouts, obsession tours, IQ tours, phase twos. You see a lot of those because those seem to be the trademark, benchmark bowling ball that isn't a pearl that can keep lanes in control, but they're strong enough to where you have some reaction and you can have some trust in the bowling ball. So I just brought the, you know, the simple, um, the, like the simple benchmark for me. Um, and for me to just kind of trust and use my touch, my team 
kind of did the same thing. Like I said, if you looked around, it was maybe a Bigfoot being used, uh, but mainly like obsession tours and uh, ghost widows and was probably the cleanest pearl that we had go down the lane. But for the most part, they were pretty, whatever guys assume that was their predictable benchmark ball. That's what we kind of all used just because the lanes get a little easier, meaning they open up from what they are, what they were. Doesn't make them necessarily that they turn into a, a house shot or anything like that. It's so we didn't want to just go to aggressive flippy bowling balls. Like we necessarily could get away with throwing um, at home on different, you know, different house patterns. We just were able to go to more aggressive bowling balls. than, like I said, than we starting with say a Nova or um, something like that. So uh, that's kind of how team event went. Um, and like I said, we were able to kind of jump in a little bit and we never, never saw nothing too crazy. They stayed pretty simple for us. We started off, I mean, we had pretty much consistent games each game. Like we didn't have, we were really happy with how we came out on a fresh, because like I said, that most likely was, you know, the fresh is the game that's supposed to be your discipline game, you know? And if you have a good discipline game, then your a when the lanes go through a transition and you're in your a game, you're like, oh man, I, I I just had to be disciplined for a game. So you hope that some of those principles, you know, come from when you were disciplined. It comes to your shot making when you you know when you get your a game going, and that you don't have any shots that you take for granted because you just had to bowl discipline for a game. So you understand that you can't take anything for granted. And so when you see that the lanes get a little easier, and you have that discipline of not taking things for granted, that's when you can really bowl well. Like that's when a great, um, some great shots come about because you don't have that one Eric four pin or three, six, 10 that you just got too aggressive on. Cause you're just trying to get greedy and see how much length you could cover or see if a ball could get back. You would just appreciate having two, three more boards than you had <laughs> the first game. So it just kind of kept us in line for that. And we just really rolled that. And I think that's why our games were so, say, consistent each game. Um, just because it, it, we our mindsets never really changed as far as like, oh, that was hard. Now they're easy. Um, we just, uh, just kind of went with what we saw, communicated between each other. We all played the lanes differently. So, you know, we just at least put the information out there. If the next person used it, they used it. If not, they, you know, they used it how they wanted to. Um, now when singles and doubles came, uh, it was kind of the, the same idea. Um, we knew that the pattern was probably going to be a little longer, but, and that it would probably hold up a little bit because it's also less people on our pair. So we just kind of in the same idea, as far as my guys being straighter guys, um, we just felt like that is a good thing because if we can just keep us straight as long as possible, then, I mean, we, that's, that's, we about to bowl six games on the same pair. So before you even think of good scores, you're just thinking of how can we preserve the lane um, for games four five and six without throwing away games one, two, three. And with the pattern being a little bit longer and our guys trusting to the right, and love playing to the right. I just thought, I just think they use more of speed to help 
uh, stay further right. And um, the lanes just really, they broke down really nicely. I just, more than I expected to. But the hiccup was that, like I said, the pair that we were on, um, the right lane was uh, different from start of practice. I mean, like three minutes, you get six minutes of practice. First two minutes of practice, we all noticed that the right lane was different. Um, so that calls for obviously different moves and a little bit different breakdown. I actually ended up using two different bowling balls because of it. Um, so it was, but it was, it was a thing that we, we had trust in what we had. We had comfort zone going and we just, just really, really caught a rhythm once we saw the lanes open up a little bit, but no, no one ever looked like, Oh, wow. Did you see that get back? Or it wasn't like a, a reaction like man i'm gonna see if i can do that again we just we just took it as okay i'm you know i may have missed my spot a little bit there but i'm about to lock in a little bit and then the next person you know we make a root round of shots and we all confirm if the lanes change or if they didn't and then we just the next person just got up and tried their best to execute for that frame um but yeah so i kind of started with the same ball. It's really the same two balls on doubles and singles. I started with Nova, did the same thing, hoping that the Nova would break the lanes down a little bit um, for us without breaking them down too much so we didn't, so that the surface didn't push people out of a zone they wanted to be in. And it, it seemed to hold up well. I was the only one to start with surface. Um, and... Uh, yeah, and I end up game two, ninth or game three, ninth frame of double switching to my IQ tour on the right lane and stay with my Nova on the left lane and I end up throwing my Nova all six games on the left lane and from games two and a half to games or games three and a half to game six, um, I use my IQ tour on the right lane. So, um, and as far as the other guys, they, like I said, stayed in balls that were kind of similar to that, like Obsession Tours. Um, I like said, Warren Buddy J, I think we were pretty sure he used like a big foot or something like that. Um, but yeah, so there was just, like I said, we just kind of really the same game plan from team event to doubles and singles with breaking them down and just not uh, jumping in too soon. Um, thinking that the lanes were opening up. So break, we just didn't want to take the lanes for granted. Just when we saw some shots may have given us a little more reaction or a little more room than we expected, we didn't say, well, if it, that shot gave us room, let me see how much I can really get. It really had. And I think that was one of the things that saved us. Well, and to your point, I uh, watching the video that the USBC put out, there were still a few guys on their final shots, which were your guys' final shots, is my assumption, where the guys looked like they just firmed up and stayed right, which uh, which isn't always the case for some uh, for folks to be able to do. So it's it's uh, you're confirming that by by in our conversation here, and then it sounds to me like also when I hear you're mentioning some of the equipment, to me that screams benchmark balls, the, the phrase that everyone uses. Yeah is what people need so um so if you come with what you you normally would consider your benchmarks most people will be okay yeah yeah and i and i i think that i mean when you when you bring around a lot of similar situations um 
I think that helps. So with familiarity, when things are familiar, I think that naturally um, will help scores be higher. Um, it, it, it just, it, it, if, if, if you're playing a part of the land, a pattern could be a one-to-one, so to say, or the ratio could be really brutal, could be really flat. But if the shot is designed to play the track compared to, say, playing the shot being designed to play up five or being designed to play fifth arrow, the scores are going to be way higher because a lot more people can repeat, repeat around the track area compared to having to go to the gutter and have to relax to make the gutter work or trying to get slow enough or use enough hand to make the middles work. So I just think when you, when you, when something is happening that is causing things to work that a lot of people are used to or familiar or stuff that's not too far out the comfort zone. I think that's when you kind of have natural high scores. I've watched that around at a bunch of local tournaments where the pattern that was put out was supposed to be somewhat easy. And with the zone of the lane that you had to play, a lot of people didn't play that zone. So scores end up being way lower than expected and vice versa where the tournament was supposed to be really hard, but since it was in the zone or part of the lane that a lot of people like to play, they didn't find it that it was that difficult. And I think nationals kind of has a little bit of a feel with that this year. Um, just because like you said, being able to use more benchmark bowling balls um, and balls that they are most likely super comfortable with using and are using a lot of the times that they may not, sometimes use always on a house pattern just because that ball may normally tap a couple more times than what that seven, eight bagger house shot is kind of um, conform you to feeling like it's the only thing that's good bowling. So, um, and when guys trust that their smoother balls actually will carry on a tougher shot, they use, they, they use that and they find that out pretty quick because the normal flippy ball that's good on a house shot is, really flippy at some place like nationals and when you get seven or a six count you just automatically know like oh that's probably not gonna work compared to if you were leaving a four pin or a ten pin or something like that and you would probably believe like ah, i'm close and uh, maybe i can change or do something like that but some of the things that don't work at nationals nationals make it very obvious which kind of helps you helps lead you in the right direction if you don't panic all right. Well, Ronnie Sparks Jr., 2015 regular singles champion, currently part of the crew that's leading Team All Events. Ronnie, want to thank you for being here today on the podcast. All the best of luck regarding that score holding up and uh, and hope to catch up with you again soon. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate you having me.